Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hello, America, and happy Sunday. This is the Sunday Brunch edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. We've got a great show for you. I'm not kidding. We've got it stacked up. You know why? we got Paul Manafort in the house. That's right. The former Trump campaign chairman, a man who has served almost every president going back to Gerald Ford in the 1970s. He is one of the wise old hands of the Republican Party. He's going to hear. He's here to talk to us about what happened in the 2022 election, the lessons that Republicans must learn, including taking advantage and fighting on the front of election, early elections, particularly absentee ballots and no excuse early voting. So Paul Manafort is going to kick us off. I'm going to take a little dive into COVID-19. A lot of new revelations coming out. Dr. Harvey Risch from the Yale Public Health School is going to join us. He's one of the great epidemiologist, virus, and disease experts in the world, a trusted name, and we're going to have him here to kind of bring us up to speed on everything from the latest wave of COVID to Paxlovid and monoclonal antibodies and so much more. Can't wait to have a conversation about that. Then former Deputy National Security Advisor to President Trump, Victoria Coates, is in the House. A lot to talk about, the missile that went into Poland astray from Ukraine and Russia conflict. We're going to ask her about that. China, President Biden's meeting this week with President Xi in China. We're going to cover all that with Victoria Coates, who's one of the great voices in all of national security. Then Mike Davis used to oversee the selection, vetting, and nomination process for federal judges on the Senate Judiciary Committee under Senator Chuck Grassley. He's here to talk about what to expect in the new Congress, what we learned from the election, and so, so much more. Let's have a great conversation with him. And then we'll finish up with my former lawyer, former Justice Department prosecutor, former congressional investigator and senior staffer in the Senate, Victoria Tensing. Yes, like Rudy Giuliani, like the conversation we had with him last week, she too was vindicated cleared of any wrongdoing, not that anyone suspected it, in her efforts to get information about Hunter Biden out of Ukraine. We're going to have a conversation with what the last couple of years have been for her. Her home was raided, her electronic devices were taken, her legal client records were seized without regard to attorney-client privilege. Victoria is going to bring us up to speed on all of that. All right, no reason to wait. Let's get a quick commercial break when we come back and hear from our great sponsors, partners, and advertisers. First up, Paul Manafort right after these messages. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected 
for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Paul Manafort is the author of the book, Political Prisoner, Persecuted, Prosecuted, but Not Silenced. And he joins us right now. Paul, what a great book and a great honor to have you back on the show. Thank you, John. It's good to be with you today. Um, and I'm here with you, too. Yeah, it's good. Good to have you, sir. Uh, you know Donald Trump pretty well. You worked right alongside him during one of the most pivotal moments in his campaign. What do you expect to see at Mar-a-Lago tonight? Well, I think he's going to set down the markers for the next two years, whether he announces formal candidacy or or an exploratory committee. The die will be cast tonight and uh, and the framework of the next election, both the nomination process and the general election will, will begin in Mar-a-Lago. Paul, before we shift over to other topics, I wanted to get your opinion on what happened in the midterms, and obviously there are still seats that are hanging in the balance, but just wanted to get your take on what happened Tuesday of last week and what's transpired since. Well, I think we just were out-organized and outsmarted. I mean, uh, the bottom line, when you when you look at the results of the election, they, they tell me that uh, we ran an election based on an election model of four years ago, and the Democrats were running one based on today. And by that, I mean, you know, early voting is a whole different dynamic. You can't have a static presentation of message in, a, in an early voting uh, process. You have to comport your message and your, and your implementation to that. We didn't. We, we have got to learn how to play the early voting game. I also think that the Democrats long ago, because they were running incumbents, were able to identify early where they needed to focus their messaging, message-wise and even geographically, uh, and were probably you know, working the messaging through uh, through cyber, cyber social media uh, and targeted but less obvious means of communications with very specific voters that were responding to very specific messages. When you, when you see that abortion was almost equal to uh, to uh, the economy as the issue with the, on the voters of, of those voters who voted, it tells me the Democrats turned their voters out. We didn't turn ours out because it's not equal. It's it's not equal even close, uh, and that's what the poll showed. But the turnout showed a different a different uh, uh, model, and the Democrats created that model, and we let them by virtue of uh, being asleep at the, at the switch, really. Yeah, Paul, it's funny. I was touring the country this weekend, gave a couple speeches, and everywhere I went, people came up and said exactly what you just said, which is we're playing 19 uh, or uh, 2006 models and the Democrats are playing a 2040 election model. How do the Republicans catch up? Obviously, they got to get into the absentee ballot game. But how do you change the mindset? Because that's how a coach starts, right? He changes the mindset, then the tactics. Well, I mean, it's actually not very difficult. you got to just say, OK, we've, we've, we've focused on voter ID. And we basically improved that a lot. But now we have to focus on voting and we have to, to organize ourselves along what is the schedule of voting. 
and then we have to work backwards. If they if early voting starts on the 15th of October, we have to be trying to get our debates before then. We have to have ourselves organized message-wise before then. We have to start influencing the thinking of the person voting on October 15th, not on November 8th. And that's what we didn't do this time. We focused on November 8th. We, we were back-ended. The, the Democrats had a strategy. They back-ended debates, or in case of Arizona, had no debates at all, and they got away with it. That shouldn't have happened. Uh, but the point is, early debates in states that have early voting is a man is is, is a, and a minimum has to happen, and we have to have our strategy figured out before those voters go to the polls, so that we've communicated to them in the ways that we need to. Yeah, so important. Yeah, and I and I think that also there's a compounding issue because you know the the ideal scenario is that there's no mail-in balloting, no ballot drop boxes, anything like that. But if they are here, and we can't beat them, and we therefore have to join them, the the concerning thing to me is that. In Democrat strongholds, oftentimes big cities, it's very easy for someone who works for Democrats or, or a Democrat campaign to go around and collect ballots for people or, or help them out in filling out their ballots in, in more suburban areas or rural areas where you do have a higher concentration of Republican voters. That's just not feasible because you got to walk down a driveway, walk down the street, walk up another driveway. And it just seems, I don't know, maybe I'm just being very pessimistic right now. Well, but it seems I, I like an insurmountable task. It's certain states may be more complicated, but if we want to win, we have to do what's necessary to win. And we can't just say it's easier just to turn out the votes on election day. We saw what happened. Now, mind you, we you know there was a perfect storm. We had we had a lot more candidates up for uh, re-election this year than the Democrats. That switches in two years. But the reality is, we have to modernize our campaign approach. If we don't do it. Then we'll have there'll be another reason next time why we we didn't succeed when we have the overwhelming numbers in our favor. We we can't in 2016 when we put the campaign together for President Trump, we focused uh, and Rice Priebus and the RNC had a good model for social media for targeting for uh, for a lot of the work that needed organization that needed to be done. We adapted that we comported it to President Trump's needs, and and we were doing things basically in an updated version of what had been the 2012 model. Clinton wasn't. Clinton was running a 2012 model, and that's why we beat her. We were able to talk, turn out our vote because we had identified them early. We communicated with them early. Well, things have changed now between 2022 and 2016, and we now have a situation where early voting changes everything. Yes, that benefits the Democrats, but look, Hispanics, blacks, they're coming to us in increasing numbers. They can be dealt with in an early voting context as well. So we need to look at what we have to do, not what we can do. Yeah, that's such a great way of looking at it. Uh, Paul, there is, as always happens in a race where a party underperforms, there's the finger pointing, there's the rivalries, there's not 100% consensus on McCarthy, 100% consensus on McConnell or, or Ronna McDaniel. And then you got the big elephant in the room tonight who won't be there, uh, Ron DeSantis. Tell us a little bit about how Republicans can come together. What's the strategy to bring everybody together? Well, we're not going to come together right away. I mean, we've got a presidential nomination process that's right. about to begin. We've got a, a number of very ambitious people who are very qualified to be president, who want to be president, and they have been waiting for this moment. So I, th I don't think we should focus on, oh, how are we going to be have a kumbaya party right now? <laughs> we, that we worry about when we get, get the, near the end of the nominating process. Right. In 2016, it was as brutal a knockdown of primary process as you can have with 16 candidates. It all came together with an outsider who had no basis to think it ever could come together. Uh, you know, so the challenges are of how you re close a campaign are not how you should be focusing at the start of a campaign. Yeah, uh, Donald Trump has earned the right to run for president again. He's built a record. He built a party. And if people don't think he should be the nominee, they'll have a chance to, to voice that opinion. Uh, there are other candidates who can who have got experience. You know, they have to make the decision if they, if they want to get in the game. But to say that Trump should not run when the, he has been the only success the party's had in the last right. eight, six years, uh, you know, that would be a mistake. And, and I think, you know, tonight he'll talk about his vision and that's the key. I mean, what we need to do now is talk about why we're different. And for, during the course of the last campaign, in the, 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 the end of last week, what I was saying is that the presidential campaign has made itself already. I mean, all you have to do is compare Trump's record as president to Biden's failures as president and the basis for Trump and certainly, but any Republican who supported that agenda uh, to, to be president makes itself. Yes. And what we need to do is stop worrying about whether Biden is going to run or not 
and focus on building our record with the targeted voters. I mean, we have an opportunity with multiple candidates running to speak to various constituencies to show the breadth of our party. We yeah. should do that because the Democrats are going to try and say we're a racist oh. party. We're not an inclusionary party. Yeah. We have to show that we are. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. Dr. Harvey Rich next right after this commercial break. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.us slash just news. That's AMAC.us forward slash just news. Hey folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time, go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. I want to dig right into President Biden's threat to uh, veto any uh, end to the COVID uh, pandemic emergency. I think a lot of people have questions about that. And we have the perfect first guest to get us started for that. He's the professor emeritus of epidemiology at the Yale School of Public Health and one of the country's most trusted scientists. He is Dr. Harvey Risch. Dr. Risch, good to have you back, sir. A pleasure to be with you. All right, let's start with this. The Senate, not once, not twice, but three times, has now said it's time to end the pandemic emergency. Joe Biden goes on 60 Minutes, declares it over. But when they want to take away the emergency powers, all of a sudden the uh, president wants to veto losing those powers. What's going on here? And is there any science to back up what they're doing? Well, there is no science. You know, uh, the uh, Supreme Court justices, uh, Alito and, and others, said that human rights are at risk when governments declare um, pandemic, declare emergencies without end. And that's what we have now, is an emergency without end. This, the emergency status actually ended in January when Delta left us and we had only Omicron to deal with, which is a relatively mild, a medically mild illness. Some people will have more serious um, infections with it, but it, by and large, it's a comparable to a flu-like illness altogether. And we don't declare an emergency for the flu, and we shouldn't have an emergency now for, for COVID. Yet this emergency is being maintained only because of maintenance of, of unusual powers that are used to suppress the, our constitutional rights. And there's a balance, obviously, between pandemic emergencies and constitutional rights. But when the emergency ends, then the rights have to be restored. And that's where we should be now. 
Yeah, and you know, Dr. Rich, thank goodness we have had you on the show th throughout the life of this show, basically, to talk about COVID because there's been so much misinformation surrounding uh, everything that has happened. Um, but I wanted to ask you earlier this week, we had Congressman James Comer of the great state of Kentucky on our show, and he talked about how the National Institute of Health used grant money. Uh, they created narratives that are basically misinformation, and we know from the Biden administration that they don't approve of misinformation because they wanted an entire board to look into it but this misinformation surrounding covid this is just another example of it are you worried that these types of narratives these false narratives are going to persist we've had false narratives for at least the, the whole three years of the pandemic if not going back at least 30 years in the pharma industry and how we understand evidence for supporting drugs and and their drug approvals um, it's very difficult for people to understand the difference between plausibility and scientific evidence. We're told that masks work, that's plausibility. There's no scientific evidence that they so, that they suppress the spread of, of the infection. There's then social distancing. The six-foot rule was a concoction of the CDC. It was arbitrary and never had any science. The lockdowns never had any science. They were never used. That, that um, there, there's, there's lots of things that we've been told are scientific, but they're not. And the fact that people don't understand the difference between making up a theory and calling it scientific and actually doing empirical and observational uh, on, you know, evaluations of the theory to see whether it holds up in real life. And then you know whether you have evidence bearing on the theory. That's the science. We haven't had science the whole time. We've only had all these theories masquerading as science, including randomized trials and other things that have suppressed the real understanding of how the virus works, how it evolves, how we deal with it, how we can manage it in the population. And, and it's been a disastrous public health policy. Yeah, it sure has. And one of those narratives that we were told for a long time was if you take the vaccine, you'll pr protect the person next to you. It'll prevent you from transmitting the virus. CDC kind of came out rather sheepishly, I think. They could have been a lot more aggressive saying, oh, that's really not true anymore. That is a major, major admission because doesn't it undercut any argument for mandates for vaccines? Uh, if you're only protecting yourself, that's a personal choice. Um, what do you think? Why do you think the CDC was so muted? And how significant a proclamation is that uh, to the, the pandemic strategy? Well, I think this is definitive. This is what the CDC said on August 11th of this year, that basically that the, the, the vaccines cannot be used as a management strategy, management method for the pandemic, that the, the, they said that, that the two-dose vaccines do not suppress transmission and taking boosters suppresses transmission for a transient period that wanes. Well, transient means short, and that means that these are not useful methods for suppressing transmission. And we know what transient actually means empirically. It means a month, two months now in the booster phases of things. And that's not long enough to, to be useful if you're even thinking of using this vaccine on an annual basis, a couple of months of benefit is just essentially useless. So the CDC basically kind of quietly admitted to that, while at the same time they put out more messaging, say everybody should go and get vaccinated, but they didn't say why, except that the vaccines they claimed would be beneficial for keeping you from going to the hospital or dying from COVID. But since hardly anybody is dying from COVID at this point from the, the Omicron version of things, and uh, it's really only people with very significant comorbidities obesity, diabetes, chronic kidney disease, cardiac, chronic cardiac diseases, and so on. For, and those are the people who need to discuss getting vaccinated with, with their healthcare providers, that everybody else really has no benefit of, of taking these vaccines at this point. And uh, the, the potential harms are being acknowledged increasingly so, myocarditis and, and so on. There's more and more evidence. And so this is you know not a rational trade-off for most healthy people. And, and the CDC hasn't quite gotten to that point, but they've, already, they've said that there's no grounds for, for mandating it because the, the vaccines don't suppress the, the transmission, which is the only government compelling interest for, for mandating. 
Yeah, but Dr. Rish, they've come up with cutesy little marketing terms like go get your flu-ster, which apparently is the coupling of getting a flu shot and the COVID vaccine at the same time, which just seems like a lot to me. But I wanted to ask you what the status of the VAERS system is, because a lot of people were dubious, even from the beginning, folks like you as well, who said we're not getting the proper reporting on myocarditis, uh, all of these issues that a lot of people seem to be experiencing. Has has the VAERS, the adverse reaction, ha, have those been uh, reported more accurately recently if they fix that issue? Well, I think that there's no way to fix it. I think that the VAERS and its companion database, the FAERS for drugs, is limited by what people are willing to spend the time to fill out the forms to, to submit. And it's, it's, it, these are not simple forms. They're doable, and a layperson can do them, as well as a doctor, pharmacist, lawyer, family member, and so on. But they, they take some time and effort and people don't know that they can just omit almost everything and still file the form if they're being honest, and, but they don't know the information. And so I don't think there's any way to clean this up. I think these forms that rely on people to go and, and do on their own without a systematic method for capturing the information just doesn't work well. I think that the large insurance company databases, the medical care databases are the ones that will tell you more that though and those ones have been held very close to the chest by CDC. Yeah, mm. fascinating. Uh, doctor, we only got about a minute left. Uh, we hear about blood clots, we hear about sterilization, we hear about all these different side effects. Which are the ones that you think uh, are the most certain to have been an outcome of the vaccine versus ones that still need exploration? I, I think clotting and neurological issues are the big ticket items. So, and inflammatory ones like the myocarditis, pericarditis, that's ones. But, but the spike protein travels around the body in the bloodstream. It binds to cells and, and does a lot of minor damage that accumulates to cause greater damage. And, and so I think that these are the, the, the main things that we need to look at and understand better and have evidence for. And really the evidence comes from the bottom line, which is the mortality experience of the right. major insurers. All right, we're going to take a global trip when we come back. Victoria Coates, former Deputy National Security Advisor to President Trump. We're going to talk about all things security, Russia, Ukraine, China, North Korea, all the hot spots in the world with Victoria Coates right after this commercial message. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Victoria Coates, great to see you. Thank you for being here. Amanda, thank you. Good to see you both. Yeah. I want, yeah, great to have you. And I wanted to start off with something that's fresh in our news cycle. Um, it seems that in addition to missiles flying, there is also blame flying. On Wednesday, I believe it was the AP who reported that uh, the missile that struck Poland ultimately killed two people was fired by Ukrainian forces at uh, an incoming Russian missile. There's a whole lot of he said, she said, it's their fault, it's our fault, Who, whoever's fault it is. I just wanted to get your take or your initial reaction to all of this. And, and who is to blame? Well, I, I would say Russia is to blame. There's no way that S-300 ever would have been activated if Russia hadn't invaded Ukraine 10 months ago. This is ridiculous. And I think all Americans are sick of living on a hair trigger about whether or not World War III is going to be you know, announced tomorrow. So I think what we need to do is, is get to a point in this conflict where we can actually win the war. Because I've been thinking back about the fact that, that we had 
Putin invade Georgia in 2008 and seize Crimea in 2014. Now we have this in 2022. I don't want to be having this conversation with you two in five years hence when he's taken a bite out of the Baltics. We have to end this now. And I think the Ukrainians have shown they can win this fight. We need to do what we can to support that victory. Yeah, such an important thing. And for America, I think one of the things I when I talk to people, I, I get this constant frustration. The president hasn't defined what is victory for the United States. What's our long term objective? Did we get any more clarity through the G20 meetings uh, about what the U.S. intention is for declaring victory, how we uh, view our strategic engagement on this? No, sadly, John, all we've gotten is another thirty seven point six billion dollar request from the administration for more money from Congress, which Nancy Pelosi on her way out is determined to stuff into some sort of abominable lame duck uh, funding vehicle. And this is this is ridiculous. This needs to be isolated out so that the new Congress can debate it and decide if this, I mean, now we're up against $100 billion of support to Ukraine over the course of the last 10 months. Now, I mean, maybe I would spend more money if it means we're going to def- defeat Putin, but I don't hear that from the president. So I'm wondering why in these difficult times we're spending all this taxpayer money to keep hospitals going. I mean, it, it's not going to military aid, and that really concerns me. Yeah. Yeah, I find it astounding. And I think this is a a big credit to your tenure within the Trump administration that, you know, during during President Trump's administration, we didn't hear about nuclear war. And now, like you said, it seems like everyone is kind of living on edge. But I wanted to shift to a different topic, the uh, events taking place or that took place in Bali, Indonesia. President Biden, I believe, met with the prime minister of Cambodia uh, and he the prime minister of Cambodia tested positive for COVID. The White House claims that Biden tested negative and he's fine, but he was feeling a little bit under the weather. That much was clear in press conferences. And then he skipped out on this gala dinner with lots of other world leaders. How consequential is it that he was not present for that that dinner? Well, it's really a shame. And I think, you know, he's obviously had COVID before. He had extended COVID. This could have, I mean, I personally haven't had it, but I mean, knock on wood, I mean, I could wake up any day with it. It could happen to all of us. But for the president to be in that kind of proximity to somebody who who's positive at his age is really dangerous. And it just it makes you worry that somebody's asleep at the switch and then he misses the gala dinner. You know, he was apparently asleep when the missiles went into Poland. That that really has to concern all of us. Yeah, no, it does. I want to ask about a recent, uh, seems like a shift in direction that we're giving to Ukraine, a sudden pressure to prompt negotiation. Uh, Clearly, that message has been delivered to Zelensky. We've got the CIA director in the region. Uh, There's been some conversations going on with uh, Russian military leaders. Uh, Has uh, Biden decided with a change in Congress, maybe he'd like to get this war over and Zelensky needs to make a deal? Or do you think this is just part of the cat and mouse game with Russia? Well, unfortunately, I think it's a lot of confusion, John, within the administration. You hear the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, General Milley, saying he wants to negotiate. Then we hear from the National Security Council that, no, no, we don't want to negotiate. So there's friction within the administration. And unfortunately, I think that means we don't have strong direction from the top. So you don't have President Biden saying, "Okay, we win, they lose which is a formula that has worked with the Russians in the past. It could work again. But no, they're all arguing about what kind of weapon systems they may or may not give the Ukrainians. They're arguing about whether or not they should negotiate. It's very confused. And that is, I think, why you have a lot of concern out of the new Congress for these huge supplemental requests that are coming in is what, what, what's the purpose here? Because, you know, if we have a strategy to win, and I think the Ukrainians have shown the will to win, how do we get them to across that finish line sooner rather than later so the American people aren't still feeling the pain of this conflict? Yeah. 
Great point. Yeah, it certainly feels like no one really knows what the off-ramp actually looks like with regard to that. I wanted to shift our focus, though, to something else uh, a little bit pop culture related. American WNBA player uh, Brittany Griner with those... Um, charges brought up on her for the cannabis that she took into Russia, landed her behind bars. Do you think that if President Trump was still in office that that, that she would be back home? And I also wanted to, to just get your take on that current situation. No, it's, it's just awful. She's been shipped off to some sort of assault mine in the hinterlands of Russia. You know, this is an American citizen who I think everyone can agree, did not do anything deliberately wrong. She may have made a mistake, and I'm sure she would be willing to pay whatever the penalty is for that. But this is ridiculous that you're going to send her off to a penal colony. I mean, this is a professional athlete who was there on the invitation of the Russian government. President Trump made bringing back our U.S. citizens, regardless of their political party, of their views, many of them came back and then strongly criticized him. But he made bringing them back his top priority. He kept saying no American citizen gets left behind. And sadly, you know, I think for the, for all of their protestations, this administration is leaving her behind and, and letting this just egregious abuse go forward. And it's just it's it's really, really sad for all Americans abroad who might be concerned for their safety. Yeah. A lot of concern in Iran, the Iranian regime now prepared to begin executing people that fomented these protests for freedom that began over a, a lethal attack on a young woman. Um, it seems like our administration has been rather muted in the face of a really brutal crackdown. Uh, what advice uh, would you give, if you had five minutes with Joe Biden, how to reboot this Iran situation and stand for freedom? Well, this is going to come as a shock to you, John. I would say listen to the Europeans. Yeah. Uh, I was in Rome over the weekend. There's a huge banner on the Capitoline Hill saying we stand with the women of Amer uh, the women of, of Iran for freedom. It's it's a remarkable shift from seven years ago when the Italians were desperately trying to get reconstruction contracts with with the Iranians. We have Macron coming out and saying the JCPOA is dead. The American, but yet we have the spokesman for the NSC coming out and saying, oh, we have full faith in Rob Malley and he's doing a great job with the Iran portfolio. It's ridiculous. I think we need to just have a full reboot, recognize the fact that the Islamic Republic is not our friend and that the Iranian people are our friends and they are desperately crying out for support. And I think support from the American president right now from the Congress could be incredibly meaningful. They've held on for more than two months. They're, they're doing the job and we just need to support them. Hey, guys, you want to hear about what President Trump's biggest legacy may be on history? Mike Davis has a very strong theory about what that is. He's the former nomination counsel for judiciary nominations at the Senate Judiciary Committee, now at the Article 3 Project. He's got some big insights. He's going to share them with us right after this commercial break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Joining us now is the founder of the Article 3 Project and a formal chief, former chief counsel for nominations for the Senate Judiciary Committee. He is Mike Davis. Mike, welcome back and uh, give us your 24-hour post-Trump 2024 announcement reaction. I think anyone who writes off uh, Trump is crazy. This guy has been in the public eye for almost 50 years. Uh, he's Teflon Don. 
Republicans uh, didn't have as good of a night as we thought we would on Election Day. And, and I think the, the UNA party uh, and the Trump deranged wing of the party is trying to blame President Trump. They don't want to look at themselves at all for their own faults. Uh, but I would say this. I think Trump's announcement speech was very serious. It was very somber. It was very substantive. I was impressed by it. I'm a huge Trump fan, and it, it made me even more of a Trump fan after that speech. Uh, people think that uh, you know Trump's going to get beat in a primary, but what, what they're failing to consider is, is this is going to be, there are going to be many, many uh, candidates in this primary, and President Trump, if he wins 35, 40% of the primary or, or more, he's going to be the nominee, and I think he's going to win back the White House. Yeah, there was a moment. It's funny. It might have been the throw light line in the speech, but uh, a lot of people, they said when he said, we're stuck in a ditch, we got to get out of this ditch, that resonated with so many people because it kind of feels like what we've been through the last uh, two years. We failed in Afghanistan. We failed to control inflation. We failed to get gas prices down. We closed down our energy exploration. Uh, it seems as though we're in a moment now where we don't know what the next big failure is, but we're kind of expecting it. I think he tapped into that a lot, didn't he, Mike? He tapped into that a lot. He did. He drew, drew a sharp contrast between the successes of the Trump administration before COVID and what's going on with the Biden administration. Even when Trump handed over uh, the reins to Biden, it was we were we were recovering as a country, and Biden drove it into a ditch. And one of the lines that really struck out from that announcement speech, and I don't think it was scripted, where President Trump said he doesn't need this. Like, he has a good life. He's a billionaire. He has a better airplane. He has a better house. He has a better hel uh, helicopter. He has a better everything. He doesn't need to be the president. He doesn't need the fame. He doesn't need the fortune. He's doing it because he loves our country and he knows that we, we are going off of a cliff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was a good Absolutely. Line, right? And speaking of things that are going off the cliff, let's uh, shift our focus to immigration. Uh, recently, Governor Greg Abbott announced that he was going to invoke a declaration of invasion in his state, which included uh, operations like reinforcing uh, National Guard troops at the border, rebuilding the wall or restarting the building of the wall, returning illegal immigrants back across the border. Is there anything more that Governor Greg Abbott can do legally speaking? And is there more you think he should do? I think he's doing a great job, and I like that he's putting these illegal economic migrants on buses and sending them to these sanctuary cities, so they can they can you know they can get their sanctuary and and they can have these Democrat cities these these limousine liberals in Democrat cities uh, uh, show their love and show their compassion for these flood, this flood of illegal economic migrants. Look, we are a welcoming country. We are a generous country, but this is this is insane what's going on. We've had five or six million people that we know of come across this border. We cannot s sustain our country if we don't have a border. And so this should not be just a Texas problem that we have a, a, a an intentionally broken border by the Biden administration. And I, I congratulate Texas Governor Greg Abbott for, for his courage and his willingness to stand up against Biden and fight this. Yeah, he and the uh, Attorney General Paxton down there have really mixed it up and also brought, run on a really great record in the courts. And I want to turn to that. If there's one thing I wish uh, President Trump might, might have addressed a little bit more last night, it's the success of the judiciary, because it would have acknowledged your work. You were uh, chief counsel. You got all of these judges and these Supreme Court uh, justices on the courts, and we're seeing them uh, rein in Joe Biden's excessive authority, whether it's on uh, mask mandates and vaccine mandates or trying to give away $400 billion to cancel student loans that Congress never gave him the power to do. The role of the judiciary in keeping America, America right now is probably more pronounced than any time in my lifetime. Your thoughts on the success of that conservative judiciary that you helped build? Yeah, it was. I worked for then Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Chuck Grassley, uh, and Mitch McConnell, McConnell as the Senate Majority Leader and President Trump, when they all got along and all worked together, they did a, a historic thing. President Trump's biggest accomplishment of his first term, and he had many accomplishments, his biggest accomplishment was his transformation of the Supreme Court and the, the lower federal courts. We went from the five to four John Roberts Court to the five to four Clarence Thomas Court. And we are seeing the fruits of that where we have a Supreme Court that is willing to stand up for the rule of law and protect us from government overreach. And they have backbones. And that's really important right now when we have these political branches, the Uniparty in Washington, D.C., 
who's willing to disregard the law, willing to disregard the Constitution to try to grab power. And it is the federal judiciary's modest but critical role to say what the law is and let the chips fall where they may and not worry about the political consequences. That's why they have lifetime tenure. That's why they have pay protection. And President Trump had uh, tremendous courage in, in fighting the left to get these judges through. It would not have happened but for President Trump. Yeah, great point. Mike, let's stay on that topic of the nation's highest court. I remember over six months ago we had you on the show uh, in the wake of the leaked Dobbs decision. We still don't know who the leaker was. I don't know if we ever will. How damaging is that to the reputation of the court and the future of its effectiveness? Well, it, it certainly damages the uh, the court in the sense that you have nine Supreme Court justices, their four law clerks, and their two or three administrative assistants. It's a family, and they have to be able to work together in order to share these draft opinions between the nine different chambers so they can get out their majority opinions, concurring opinions, opinions and dissenting opinions every year. And if you don't have trust, if you don't have confidence that these deliberations will remain confidential, that hurts the institution. And I think that was the very purpose of the leak. That's why I think it was I think it was a rogue law clerk for one of the three liberal law uh, justices last year, one of the 12 law clerks for the three liberal justices. I don't think they were happy about the Dobbs decision, and I think they were trying to sabotage the Supreme Court. I think it's a one-off. I don't think it's going to happen again. It can't happen again, but they certainly need to get to the bottom of this. All right, folks, we keep hearing about the dual system of justice after the commercial break. My former lawyer, Victoria Tensing, former Justice Department prosecutor, former Senate staffer, former congressional investigator, she's here to talk about the extraordinary experience of having her home raided just because she had the audacity to go to Ukraine and find out what Joe Biden and Hunter Biden were doing. She's going to share that story with us. She was newly vindicated. No surprise there. But another great example of the dual system of justice, the politicization of the FBI and Justice Department. Coming up with Victoria Tensing right after this commercial message. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Victoria Tensing, one of the most accomplished lawyers in all of Washington. Well, she went through the same thing, even though she was not even a target or a subject of the investigation. She was simply a witness. Now, before we get to Victoria, one full disclosure, Victoria has been my lawyer in the past, which I've been very grateful for. And she joins us now to tell us a little bit about what she went through. Victoria, what a great honor to have you on the show today. So good to be here. And under at least uh, nice circumstances, yeah. relatively, after a year and a half. It, it's unreal. Uh, they send FBI agents to your home. You get raided. They take your things. The media smears you. All along, you knew that nothing had been wrong. But the toll that you you and your husband, Joe, went through, the legal bills, the public uh, humiliation that they try to extend, it really can't be calculated. What was it like to go through that last year and a half? Well, John, first, I don't know how much Rudy went into um, what was happening in 2019. But he called me and said, will you represent the prosecutor general, which is the right. equivalent of an a the AG, uh, for Ukraine? Because he has evidence of Biden corruption. Right. I represent Trump. It would be a conflict. And so um, then he also helped Victor Shokin because he's the person that Biden tried to get fired uh, because he was investigating uh, Hunter Biden and Burisma. So that's what set it up. Rudy and I 
uh, were supposed to fly to Ukraine, we were told there were threats on our lives. And the U.S. ambassador, Yovanovitch, refused to provide us any protection. So we canceled the trip and the representation never occurred. It was never, never finalized. So imagine my surprise when almost two years later, April 2021, uh, I, <laughs> FBI agents are at my door, sent by Merrick Garland, because he had to approve it. Um, and they have a search warrant for what? The year 2019, when I was talking to these people about representation, and it said for a FARA violation, that I had evidence of a FARA violation, um, but, but I knew I didn't. Uh, but even worse than that, John, is that uh, two years previous, in 2019, I found out that the Southern District of New York had covertly accessed all my data and asked the people from Apple and iCloud to give them information on some of whom are, were my clients. Very, they were very specific, and the Southern District refuses to unseal the, the document, so I can't be more specific, but I can tell you my, my clients were listed. They asked for information from Apple and iCloud on my clients. So they not only violated my Fourth Amendment rights by the search warrant because they had no basis for it, but my client's Sixth Amendment rights because they refused to tell my lawyers how my client's um, material was protected during that time. Mm. They, they, they kept it all in-house. Yeah. So it, it, it's, and throughout the whole 18 months, they said – my lawyers would say, well, well, who was the Farah? You know, who was the foreign client? Who who was lobbied? What was the issue? Who was paid what? They said, we're not going to tell you. So it's like the FBI coming to your house and saying, okay, you have evidence of a bank robbery, but we're not going to tell you the bank that was robbed, when it was robbed, who robbed it, or how much money was taken. That's exactly what they were doing with me. Unreal. And I mean, that's just the latest example of what I think a lot of people view as uh, our justice system run amok and abuses of power uh, left, right and center everywhere you look. And, and also the fact that you are an attorney and this search warrant was executed on you when they when they seized your cell phone. Did that surprise you? Is that normal? No, it's not normal unless I were, was under investigation, and I wasn't. I was told I was a, a subject or a witness that I had evidence of this violation by somebody else, but they wouldn't even tell me who the somebody else was. I figured, I mean, you, you know, Rudy gets a search warrant the same day, so I figured they were after Rudy. But they just, they, they, they violated Justice Department guidelines, and they were doing it again and again. Look what they did to Peter Navarro, arresting him for a misdemeanor, uh, taking a phone from Scott Perry. Uh, the congressman, Republican congressman. That's the same as a search of his office. Uh, and, the, and nobody in the media is doing anything. It's like, ho-hum. As I say, bad things happen to good people, but, you know, cancer, getting hit by a truck, but they shouldn't happen because the federal government makes them happen. Yeah. And when it's all done, Victoria, they don't come to you and say, I'm sorry, uh, here's your stuff back. You get CC'd on a letter, <laughs> or your lawyers get CC'd on a letter from Rudy Giuliani, uh, to Rudy Giuliani. I mean, how unceremoniously that they can't even come and tell you, hey, we're sorry. We didn't mean to put you through all that. You'd never I'm get sorry? that part of it. Yeah. <laughs> sorry? The <laughs> yeah. Southern District of New York telling anybody that they're sorry? Never. Yeah. It's never going to happen. But somebody should have to pay for this because it shouldn't happen to any anybody else. And it's all so, – uh, I'm used to the Justice Department being political because I was deputy assistant AG there and I was a federal prosecutor. Right. But it was like if the Republicans came in, pornography was at the top of the list. Or if the Democrats came in, they were more antitrust cases. I have never seen a Justice Department go after political opponents. And they've done it and they've done it with getting away with it. Not one editorial. Not one editorial about this misconduct. Unreal. Unreal. Yeah, it's, it's terrifying to see. I wanted to ask you also, Victoria, a broader question. Uh, earlier this year, we had Alan Dershowitz on the show, and he talked about how there was this uh, almost unofficial moratorium on representing Donald Trump. And now that he has officially announced his candidacy for 2024, do you foresee that being any type of legal speed bump for him going forward? 
Oh, Amanda, absolutely. Let me tell you what it was like working in the post-2020 election, where we would get these young young kids right out of law school, you know, wanting to help, and their firms would then tell them they would be fired if they if they worked for Trump. And there's this uh, project, I think it's 65, John, you may know the name of it, but it's um, named after how many lawsuits were filed after the 2020 election. Right. And they're trying to get every lawyer who worked for Trump to be disbarred. And, and, and somebody ought to have a deep pocket out there and help sue everyone who signed the, that uh, that letter to the bars trying to get people disbarred for working for a client. Yeah. First, they turn the power of the government on you. Then they try to take away your livelihood. That is the one-two punch that the left has perfected. Uh, Victoria, you've had such an amazing career. You worked in the Senate. You worked in the Justice Department. Jim Jordan has a historic chance, if he becomes House Judiciary Committee chairman, to really expose his dual system of justice, the abuses. What advice? We've got about two minutes left. What advice would you give a chairman, Jordan, to go after? To have a hearing and not have the memory. Members of the committee do five minutes, five minutes, five minutes. Get in your own counsel, which Joe and I did when we were investigating the Teamsters right. for Newt Gingrich. Uh, and you have counsel do it for a half an hour or 40 minutes. And the other counsel can go. But these the Republicans are so bad at questioning. But even if they were great, they can't. Five minutes, five minutes, just you don't get any continuity. You've got to have questioning for a long period of time to really build up what the issue is about. Good point. That's good advice. Yeah, Victoria, I wanted to ask you before sure we go. I know that you yeah, uh, you sure. recently made a move from Washington, D.C. to Florida. For you, both personally and professionally, what has it been like leaving the swamp and going somewhere like Florida? Well, Amanda, we're when, when I'm in the swamp right now. And so we are only here, though, for a week. And then we go back to Florida for the rest of the month. And it's I really feel like it's a safe haven. This is not a good place anymore. This is a really corrupt place. And, and I don't know how we get it together. Um, Joe and I and Sebastian Gorka were talking about this earlier today. Who do, how do we do it? How do we get control? Because the media is against us. The media are against us. And uh, I, I don't know how how we get control of this. Yeah, we've got a big. I, I said, we said you need you need some money. We need a George Soros of the Republican Party, and where is he or she? I don't know. All right, folks, that wraps up the Sunday edition. I hope you have a blessed rest of your weekend. I know we're starting to get ready for Thanksgiving, right? Getting the turkey and the cranberries and the stuffing ready. We also got to start thinking about Christmas shopping. That's why the Tommy John offer, Tommy John slash Just News, Tommy John dot com slash just news 30 percent off lounge where one of the great gifts of comfort you can give this holiday season now one reminder a lot of people say hey john do you have an app at the just the news and the answer is we sure do not only do we have an app it's in the apple store it's also in the android store it allows you to take the just the news experience and go in three different ways you can watch our videos and television shows. You can listen to this podcast and many others like it, like Victor Davis Hanson, or you can read the stories that we do a day, 50, 60, 70 stories a day of the breaking news, investigative reporting, accountability reporting. Go to the iOS app store or the Android store today. Download the Just the News app. Read, watch, listen. Three great ways to experience the Just the News content and to join the Just the News family. And if you really want to get involved with the family and say, hey, I want to support your investigative reporting, John Solomon. I want to support the great reporters and the producers and the bookers and everybody that works to make the Just the News experience possible. You can do something really inexpensive that makes a big difference. All you got to do is join the Just the News VIP club. That's right. What do you get for the VIP club? First off, ad-free experience on the website and on your newsletters. No ads, no dancing videos, no autoplay videos. An ad-free experience on Just the News 24-7. Plus, once a month, you get to hang out with me at justthenews.com. We have a town hall. I sit and answer your questions for an hour. We talk about issues you care about. We cover topics that the other media aren't covering. It's an incredible experience to join the family the immediate family of the Just the News team. Great opportunity. Sometimes we bring in our reporters. It's always a delightful time. If you want to get involved in that, go to justthenews.com slash subscribe. Justthenews.com slash subscribe. Quick way to get into the club. It's $4.99 a month, 
$44.99 a year. Great way to support our journalism, make a difference, and get an enormous benefit yourself. So go check it out today. All right, folks, that wraps up the Sunday edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. God bless you for listening. Have a great rest of the weekend. We'll be back Monday with regular programming. And until then, if you got a news fix or hankering for one, Go to justthenews.com. We've got you covered 24-7 with the breaking news and, of course, all of our exclusive investigative and enterprise reporting. Good night, folks. Talk to you soon. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.